Hey y'all, welcome back. So this is an episode that has been in the works for a while. And I guess it's because I didn't know when to publish it, right? And so of course the week comes where I forget to publish an episode, sorry. Um, and I the everything is just real weird. Um, this Martian... Mars energy has reached a really intense point over the last couple of weeks. Um, we had Mars square Saturn, uh, where we were met with the limitations. Um, of what we can do and what can be done, what is possible, what is realistic, but also understanding that there is a, a push that we have to give ourselves to really work through and do the thing um, effectively and do it well um, and execute it right. Mars is like, go, 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 go. Mars and Aries is like, go, 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 go. And Saturn is like, yeah, it, it, we need to go, but let's think about the way that we're doing this. And let's make sure that we're doing it correctly. Last week um, was extremely um, astrologically intense. Mind you, this is after the kind of eclipse feels that we've all kind of had. Um, and we're... Uh, at this really not odd well yeah kind of this odd point um where everything is being activated in um where mars is you know it's in aries and it's uh most planets are in a late or early degree of a sign right now we don't have too many planets that are like in the middle with the exception of like maybe like neptune um and uh what's that other yeah i think it's just neptune the other ones are teetering at the end of a uh, teetering at the end and again i'm talking about like the outer planets um teetering at the end of their cycle at the end of the the 30 degrees or they're at the beginning and so now we're seeing all of the aspects being formed of course with the cardinal signs the uh intent is to initiate um, to initiate some sort of action. Um, Mars square Pluto last week had a lot of really weird situations happening. I had multiple friends. I'm sorry for putting your business out here. I'm not saying your name, but I had multiple friends who were robbed. Um, people who have experienced, um, violent encounters. I was just in, CVS this morning and the uh, store manager was talking to another store manager about how they were the store was robbed um, last week Um, and you know again this just prevalence with when Mars square Pluto and then what happened and then we had the Jesse Smollett um, incident happening as well Um, and I'm pretty sure there's something else that I'm missing um, that happened during this week. We might have saw some lots of, oh, the Ted Bundy 
um, docu-series was released, and Ted Bundy, and it's really funny, I had a, an interesting conversation with a couple people um, on Twitter, as some of you may have seen, um, about his chart, and that's probably what bought, brought some of you guys to this podcast episode, right? Um, or to my podcast in general. Um, about his chart. I didn't initially know that it was his chart, but it ended up being his chart. And he actually has uh, Mars square Pluto, but his Pluto is retrograde um, in the 12th house. So uh, secretive, hidden rage, hidden violence, um, hidden control, hidden obsession, right? Um, definitely the dark side of the personality. Um, so it definitely has the tendency to be a very intense aspect um, that can lead people to be in situations where violence is involved um, or there is attacking guns, knives, other forms of violence being used against people. It also can just be someone who's really fucking angry, right? Or feeling like you don't have the power um, to finish or to do the things that you're trying to do or feeling like there is some sort of power dynamic that is in the way of you being able to accomplish something or do something or in the way or hindering your drive, right? It's kind of like fighting the man could also be the way that it um, uh, was expressed. So kind of think about how that expressed in your life. Um, And it's not over, right? This week is definitely, you know, from what I've read and listened to, um, astrologically it is lighter, but we still are right now in the process of approaching this Mars Uranus conjunction, uh, which has people saying and doing some just kind of like off the cuff kind of things. (sighs) We have the Liam Neeson thing. Um, and this reemergence of this, it reminding people of, you know, trigger warning, um, violence against black people, right? Um, Trayvon Martin, um, and, uh, George Zimmerman and how, you know, a racist white man, um, chasing after taking matters into their own hands to be some sort of, um, unneeded vigilante, um, and a black child losing their life, um, as the result of that, right? as a result of this fuming um, inner hatred um, that someone feels, right? And it's sparking a chaotic um, or sudden erratic um, reaction. Um, And it's Trayvon Martin's birthday today. Um, And that's important uh, for a number of reasons, right? Um, Because, you know, 2012 was such a pivotal year, 2012-2013 was such a pivotal year for me. Um, I I was in college, um, and seeing this happen definitely, as I, you know, have just said, really changed my life forever, um, in terms of my awareness of, uh, what my blackness means, um, how people see my blackness as a a threat, um, and the things that they're willing, people are willing to do, um, to black people, um, because of hatred, because of racism, um, because of 
this system um, of white supremacy, to name the thing, um, that currently exists, right? Um, and I would definitely say it was a moment that propelled me to the space that I'm in today. Now, granted, I, I talked about astrology in a very kind of fun way, right? Um, but ultimately, that's not my goal, right? I'm I'm still in the process of learning and understanding. And I'd say what is most important to me um, about this work that we do, that I do, and I say we because, you know, there are people who are listening who also do this work. There are people that I am connected to that also do this work um, who don't just see it as memes and a personality uh, war pissing contest, right? Even though that shit is fun, right? Um, But astrology is a tool that we can really use to better our lives. And by bettering our lives, um, what we're able to do is get that much closer to self, um, be able to heal ourselves um, in the way that we need, in the way that the world needs. That's the important part, in the way that the world needs. Um, By undoing personal trauma, familial trauma, generational trauma, trauma associated with your race, your gender, your sexuality, um, your nationality, whatever it may be, right? Whatever group that it is or groups that you find yourself to be a part of um, that have faced some form of trauma collectively and again, individually as well, right? Being able to undo that uh, so that we can make the world a different place. Um, I'd say, and I'll, I'll bring this back to why this makes sense in terms of Mars and Uranus, right? Um, I've lost my train of thought. Um, but, you know, we, this is fun, you know, again the the use of astrology and tarot and all of those things. Um, but it is not until we are able to use these things beyond entertainment and really use them to, again, better ourselves and ultimately better our world. Uh, you know, one uh, amazing astrologer, Alice Sparkly Cat, please, please follow them on uh, Instagram. And buy their book too, because their book is amazing, because they talk about what I just kind of talked about. Um, you know, we have to change our frame of mind, and we have to, you know, be more intentional about these quote unquote spiritual tools that we are equipped with, right? Um, our ancestors are smart, and they know that we're smart as well. Um, so many of us are here and we're here for a reason, right? And it's not just to do dumb shit. It's not just to, to have fun. It, it, what we're here for is so much more than that, right? And that goes back to what Mars and Uranus is about. Aside from all of the extreme, uh, ways that the, the aspect, uh, expresses itself, what it really talks about is what moves you, what calls you, what makes you fight for freedom? What makes you fight for the collective? What makes you fight for universal truth? Um, what makes you fight 
um, to revolutionize, right? Um, and it oddly enough, you know, that moment um, in seeing George Zimmerman walk away free was that. That was that catalyst. That was the moment in which I had to continue to fight, right? Um, and I, I found that I've been able to do that um, or been allowed the opportunity to step into a path where I can do that in a very unique way. I'll step off my soapbox. Um, but just just take that. Um, and if that doesn't sound like something that I should or would be talking about on my podcast, um, it de- most definitely is. And if you don't agree with that, then you do not have to listen. Um, because you know, what I'm saying right now, it, it comes from the heart. And that's the place that I come from in the type of astrology that I wish to practice and that I do practice. All right. That being said, what is this episode about after almost 15 minutes? Um, this is the beginning um, of my Astro Basics series. And we will be talking sign by sign uh, planet by planet, house by house, about the basics of astrology. Um, right now, as you can guess, given the fact that all of this Martian energy is around, we're talking about Aries, we're talking about Mars, and we're talking about the first house. Um, we're talking about self-awareness. All right. Thank you so much for listening so far. Um, I'll take a quick break and I'll be right back. Okay. Mars and the first house. So Mars, as we may know, um, in Greek mythology as well as Roman mythology, which of course is the reference point for um, Western astrology um, and the archetypes, right? Um, is the god of war. Um, and so the planet is naturally, as we see through the symbolism of the, the Mars sign, it is the, the masculinity male sign is the rawest form of masculinity. Um, it is aggression, it is anger, it is fighting, but it is also action, it is drive, um, it is the ability to be resourceful um, and crafty, um, ambitious, passionate, and it's very primal. Um, people often talk about Mars um, in relation to sexuality, which is accurate, um, but it's not a, ooh, I'm going to seduce you. Um, that definitely kind of falls into the realm of what I would call sensuality um, and is a lot more related to the internal focus of the planet, which is, as we know, uh, represented in the sign Scorpio. Um, so this is a more primal use of sexuality. Um, this is sexuality for self-preservation, for creation purposes, right? For survival focuses, for purposes, right? 
And so that's also another way that we can look at that planet as well. Um, And so, you know, Mars in your chart is representative of that. And one really great um, thing that I've heard mentioned about the planet, um, and I'm not going to go too much into detail to talk too much about it, even though that is what I initially planned on doing. Um, We'll do that in another episode. Um, Is that it is your short-term discipline right? And Saturn is your long-term discipline. Um, And so this is the way that you get things done, the way that you do things, right? Um, So Mars in various signs, of course, can paint a picture of the variety of different ways that you do, um, whether it is accomplishing a goal or the way that you kind of move about everyday life. Um, you can look to Mars as the signifier of how you do those things. Um, And so, of course, if we look at the West signs for Mars to function in, um, and, you know, I say that with a grain of salt um, because I have found that um, even in fall or detriment, Mars works relatively well. It just works differently, right? And it's just a matter of adjusting adjusting to the way that you get things done. So the amazing thing about astrology, as we all know, is that, and that we know about people, is that we all learn differently and we all do differently, right? And I think Mars is a really great um, way to kind of like start accommodating the way that you get things done or the way that you learn to do things. And so like, I personally have Mars and Pisces. Um, As we know, Pisces is a relatively formless, carefree um, kind of sign. It's not necessarily very tangible. So you can only imagine that the activity of doing um, looks exactly the same. Um, And it can kind of manifest as laziness or kind of moseying about the way that you kind of get something done instead of being very direct and focused. Um, And so that is kind of where we see the, especially with the more feminine signs, um, with maybe like the exception of like Capricorn, well, I'll say more so with water signs like Cancer and Pisces, um, is that there is a, you know, the, a passive, a passivity to the way that femininity expresses itself. It's not very direct and outward, right? It's very internal process of doing and being, um, and the drives for those signs are just very different, right? We can look at and see that the drives for all of the signs are very different. So I do implore you to look at your chart and really kind of look and see how that, um, archetype manifests or that aspect of yourself manifests in your life and the way that you are, are not making room for that. Um, the, and putting in steps and things that can allow you to work best with your sign. Like for me, um, uh, at work, I asked my boss to give me deadlines. She can be relatively like, ah, just get it done. Um, she's Gemini. Um, and I'm just like, when would you like this done by? Right. Because I know that I'm the type of person I'm mosey. I'm like, oh, I can just take my time. Stares out the window for three hours. I'm like, oh, you should be working right now. Right. Um, so again, knowing how your sign operates and works and making room for it. 
Mars in Virgo um, has a tendency to be very, I'm not going to do all of the signs. If you thought I was going to do all the signs, I'm sorry. (laughs) What you can do is you can take some of the keywords that we used before um, and uh, match them up with keywords associated with your sign. Um, If you are in need of those, send me a DM. I do have a quick guide to astrology that has keywords for all of the signs, as well as all of the planets do. It's really cool. Lots of just general information about astrology. Um, Maybe I'll publish that because I made some really dope infographics. I'll think about it. Um... Mm-hmm. What was I thinking? See, this is that Pisces shit. Um, yeah, and so you know, with learning the way, it also it tells us what we do when people make us angry, um, and how we react to anger, the things that anger us, right? For a Mars and Aries person, someone um, impeding upon their will um, and their ability to be themselves or be or outwardly show who they are, that could probably make them angry, right? Um, for like Mars and Cancer, if you see someone trying to be emotionally manipulative or like play emotional games with people, um, or just being very, um, dismissive of emotions, it can trigger or set you off, right? We also have to think about what is the planet that the sign is listening to, right? That Mars in a particular sign is listening to, like Mars in Gemini is listening to Mercury, right? That is providing the approach and the form. So this is a sign where there may be a bit of a difficulty with working or doing things. Um, There may be confusion of like talking about things with getting something done. One other thing that I will talk about briefly um, is that, you know, the Mars is, you know, albeit, you know, in this kind of conversation about, you know, toxic masculinity, right? Um, which is, uh, I have a mixed bag of emotions about that. Um, but I feel like overall, when we talk about the way that masculinity is normalized, um, to be present, um, and to be accepted, it is through, um, aggressiveness. It is through fighting and very much so that blind, raged warrior archetype and being very, um, root chakra dominant, very survival focused, um, and like survival by any means necessary. Right. Um, and again, with this, and this is not to say that anger isn't a real, um, emotion that we don't feel and that that's something that we should suppress. I also feel like that also is a part of that, um, toxic masculinity, um, that we see where there is an inability to process anger. Um, and because of the way that we look at masculinity, there is a kind of aversion that people naturally have to the idea of someone being angry or being able to express anger in a healthy way. 
and not having the options to do so. Anger is an emotion. I think generally speaking as a society, we've done pretty crappy with allowing people the space to process and, and feel the emotions that they do in a very healthy way. Right. Um, and so with this, there holds promise of the ways that we can use masculinity um, and within us um, through a positive way as a driving force, as a reason to be ambitious. Right. Um, as the, the the thing that pushes us to do what it is that we're passionate about um, pushes us to kind of get things done. Right. So we can you learn that aggression um, can be transformed into assertiveness um, in where you're able to make sure that you're able to kind of like stand your ground and, and stand in your truth, right? We can use anger and channel it to allow us to get things done, right? Um, it's a very, again, action-oriented sign, depending on what a planet, I mean, depending on what sign it is. Um, and so you... Uh, should do the kind of research to see the way that you can allow this to kind of best function in your life. Um, one other kind of thing that I'll mention um, in terms of the of the way that the sign expresses itself, I know um, Amber Khan, I think it was on a, one of her podcast episodes, she was talking about um, in Native American cultures, um, how the role of the warrior is not just the person who goes out to fight, it is the person who is the protector. And so as we know, like the protector is the is an archetype that we kind of associate with masculinity and especially men. And, you know, I, I see, again, mixed reviews <laughs> about that idea. Um, but generally speaking, when we look at protection, what is, or at least protection in the physical outward sense it is about being able to survive right um and so with the idea of a protector being someone not just who goes out and defends and fight but also is working with children working to do things within the a village um and within the um group of people or the tribe that allow it to um be preserved um, putting in systems and creating systems that allow self-preservation um, and preservation of a people. And I think that's a really positive way to look at um, the the possibility and the expression of the sign because that is what it is about, right? It's I'm doing this thing and I'm driven to do this thing because I have to do this to survive. Like this is a matter of me surviving um, and not just in a very... Um, living here on earth kind of sense, but in a like, um, it's like surviving as if we have to fight everything, right? But in surviving as in like, I live here, um, I exist here. Um, and so in order to make that time here, this time here enjoyable, there are certain things that I must preserve for myself to allow space for that, right? I think that's enough on that. Um, and then the first house, um, the ascendant. Um, this is um, so. Let's talk about two things, right? So the phrases that are often used interchangeably are ascendant and rising sign. It is important to note that your ascendant is the degree in a particular sign um, that was on the horizon at your time of birth. Right. So as you were emerging from your mother's vajay, um, the ascendant is the is what's present. 
um, and it is sets the uh, what's it called? This is the starting point of the the starting and ending point of the natal chart wheel, right? Of your chart, every moment before that um, is uh, what's it called? The moments prior to you being born which is weird because like if you like it's a circle so there's not necessarily like a beginning and ending point when you think about it like the ascendant is just kind of like a a a created beginning and ending point but all of the experiences that are before that are the things that happened before you were born which is really weird um when you think about the way that it um in a way supports the idea that time is not linear and that all moments are kind of exist at this time but have also existed and happened before right which is really weird it's really cool that that symbolism is like in that is symbolized in the birth chart right because we look at the rising sign um because then you know moving from the way of talking of the ascendant to the rising sign it is the particular sign that is on that cusp so the way that i like to talk about the ascendant and I mentioned this if you've had a reading from me um, or have talked to me about like astrology you know that I have made this reference every single time because it just makes sense you know the ascendant is the point from which you look out into the other parts of your birth chart right the 12th house um, the subconscious mind is behind you, whereas the ascendant is representative of the first moment of consciousness, the first breath that you take, um, and it paints a really amazing perspective of the a picture of the way that you look at the world. Um, I ah, I forgot to mention that. Damn, I know a couple weeks, maybe even like a month or two ago. Um, no, this was in January. Uh, I had a very like, um, interactive, um, Instagram story where I was asking people like, uh, to answer, uh, to fill in, um, the answers on particular questions. I think the questions were, I am, which is the key phrase for Aries, right? But it is also the key phrase for the ascendant. Uh, and why is that? Um, this is, uh, our personality. Um, at least this is the way that we, um, the personality that allows us to navigate through the world. It's important to note that the personality is not the truest form of who you are, but it is very much so a part of what we call the self, right? Um, and the self and the totality of self being represented by the sun, um, the moon being representative of the person that you were kind of raised to be, right? But the experience and way that you look at that um, uh, and your kind of general inclinations towards those things is your is your rising sign. Um, you know, so again, it's people call it a mask. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's a mask because again, it is very much so a part of who we are. It's not a part of ourselves that we take on and take off, but it is very much so a part of ourselves that we can kind of transform and mold and adjust and change. It is the place from which our self-awareness stems. 
And self-awareness is very much so the theme of Aries and the Aries mission is to become um, self-aware and in understanding uh, the drive, understanding their emotions, their feelings, the reasoning um, behind, you know, the why um, that allows them to be the person that they are. And then from that, using that to kind of shift and change the perspective of the world around them. And again, that key word with the ascendant is perspective. Going back to what I was saying earlier about the thing that I tell everybody when I'm doing their readings, if you were to stand in your birth chart um, at the starting point, you would be standing um, at the ascendant, looking out um, into the birth chart with the 12th house behind you. This... um, the 12th house is, of course, a blind spot. Um, it is a, everything that has came before us um, that we may not necessarily know or see. For the most part, when you think about it, as we're kind of developing um, the first few days of our birth um, in the the first few days of our birth being represented, uh, being representative of kind of like um, our first kind of progressions, if you're familiar with progressions in our birth, in your birth chart. And with that, you can kind of see a, as the chart moves, there's a kind of stepping away and kind of exploration of everything house by house, um, degree by degree. And you move further away from that point of which was that which you were originally familiar with, right? And you think about just in terms of development, lots of people don't really remember um, things that happened to them prior to, was I believe it's like age two um, is kind of like a questionable time for a lot of people. And of course, we don't know what happened before we were born unless we're told, right? <laughs> um, and so again, it's about perspective. It's the perspective that you take on of the world and the way that you're going to walk through the world as a result, right? So to use myself as an example, um, the uh, Scorpio rising will walk through the world, you know, early on as a place to learning that it's a place that maybe it needs to be defensive um, or walking through the world cautiously um, and mindful of the drives of other people and kind of having a firm watch on like, hmm, this person is acting this way because of this reason or, hmm, what is the motivation behind the way that this person is doing this? Um, Virgo rising, um, from what I see, there is a tendency, especially once born in 94, because that, that Chiron in the first house is a little bit killer, right? Um, walking through the world is a, it's a place that needs to be fixed, but also a place that is a source of worry. Um, um, but also possibly walking through the world, feeling the need to be of service to others, to serve, um, to do, to help, to assist. Um, what's another one? Let me do a a masculine sign. Mm, Aquarius. Um, Ooh, my foot is asleep. Shit. Ow. Um, Being able to walk through the world as if it is in a very detached perspective and kind of being able to have a bird's eye view of everything that's kind of happening and being able to kind of create in the mind um, different... uh, objective truths about the way that the world exists and from that being able to say you know maybe the world could use a little bit of this right 
um, Leo <laughs> on the rising, walking through life as if it is a show, um, as if it is a stage, um, if, as if it is a place or a platform for you to tap into and to be the self, right? Um, I hope that was a decent explanation of that. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. And in the next part, I'm going to talk about the sign Aries. Thank you for listening. I don't think y'all understand how long it has taken me to finish this episode. I've literally been recording it since like February 5th. Ah, okay. Um, so in this segment, I'm literally recording this all over the place. So by now, you've already heard about the planet Mars. Um, you've heard about the first house. And so now the, the part that people have probably been waiting for, we're going to talk about Aries, right? And what the Aries nature is like. Now, let me tell you the way that I am doing this. So one thing when I first started to get, um, see astrology from the perspective of other people, especially on Twitter, I was very confused on how people were able to come up with some of the the nuances of each sign, right? And like why, you know, the particular quirks and things like that. Um, and the various ways that people are able to deduce that a sign acts a particular way, right? Especially when you're first reading about um, a sign and they teach you like, oh, keywords are the way that you can kind of like summarize an, uh, a sign, right? And that's what gives you that general idea of what the sign is, right? And so it's really simple. It's oddly simple. Uh, Mercury and Pisces, it takes me a second to figure something the fuck out. Like I, I learned the thing. And then people are like, you get it? I'm like, yeah, but I don't get it. And I come back to it and I'm like, ah, okay, this makes sense. I understand this. Alice Sparkly Cat, um, who is an amazing astrologer, follow them on Instagram, um, have this really funny astrology meme, I'm pulling it up right now, where they have like, it. a lot of you have probably already seen this. It's like a cat outside of a cage and then like two cats like fighting to get out of a cage like at the cat let me try to find it where is it it's so great I thought it was the funniest shit ever I was like lol so relatable oh yes and it's like has the sign on like the cat that's outside and then it has super ego and the inner child right and so this person puts that what I just talked to in perspective in a very well in a very easy way right so what you do and what you're going to hear me do as I describe the sign of Aries as well as other Aries of other signs as well is you look at the sign on the cusp of the house (laughs) it's that simple there are 12 houses there are 12 areas of life for each individual sign based on the sign that you put on the first house, right? And it tells you the nuances of all the particular areas of the way that that person expresses themselves, right? This is how we know that um, even though Leos are come across very superficial, 
there is a lot of internal depth that they have that they're just not sharing with you because they just choose not to, right? Uh, Scorpio on the fourth house or in in the IC, okay? So Aries, what is the Aries? The I am, the way that Aries expresses itself, the way that we are most familiar with an Aries is the aggression, the dynamism or dynamicness. I don't know words, you guys. Um, The dynamic nature, the impulsive nature of the sign, um, the go-getter driven attitude, the let's do the thing, let's go, let's move, right? With Mars being the ruling planet of the first house, it is a very forward moving, um, action-oriented sign, right? An individual. Um, And being that, that makes so much of the personal identity and the I am is so much shaped around that person's passion and their ability to move and drive. We can see how that makes a lot of room for there to be a certain amount of selfishness um, or kind of that a Aries individual has. Now, where does an Aries struggle? Um, The second house on the cusp, we have the sign of Taurus. And so one other thing to keep in mind, there are a couple blind spots or aversions um, in each sign, right? And that'll always be the second house, the sixth house, the eighth house, and the 12th house. Um, those are all in conjuncts, right? Um, uh, whether it is by a semi-sextile, so the signs on either side of that sign, or through a kinkunx, which is the opposite side, right? On the, uh, the two sides of the opposing side opposing sign, right? So the blind spot or the area that Aries may kind of struggle with or avoid in having all of this drive and all of this energy is not knowing and understanding that there is a need to kind of slow down, that there is a need to really think of and be intentional about creating some and making something stable, right? You know, there's the running joke that Aries have a tendency to be very (laughs) ideas, 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 right? In terms of the communication and the talking about things that they want to do and there's nothing really to kind of show for it right because the energy is kind of focused on forward moving that can kind of result in spreading yourself thin and putting your energy into a lot of different things and and not finishing anything or making anything real tangible or stable right and so with so the learning curve as the And again, that comes from the desire, the desire to go, 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 right? When you go, 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 you don't have time to mull over details. You don't have times to be patient. You have to just go, right? And so with that, the learning curve or one of the many learning curves for the Aries is understanding the need to slow down, the need to take your time, the importance of working through and finishing something, the the importance of being not only reliable for other people, but being reliable for yourself as well, right? And so, you know, in terms of all of the dreams and aspirations that you have and the way that you want to affirm the way that you exist in the world that requires you to be patient and reliable for not only, again, other people, but for yourself as well. And so moving on to the third house self um, aspect of Aries, right? There is this mind, you know, power that Aries have. It's it's very annoying to me when people kind of write Aries off. I am an Aries off as some kind of hot-headed jock 
um, that doesn't really, you know, know anything, but it's just like, like smashing like beer cans against their head and like running into walls. There definitely is a certain amount of intelligence, um, and creativity, um, that is found within Aries. And this has a lot to do with the very childlike nature in which they navigate the world and in which they try to learn. This is why Aries can be extremely playful as well as very childish, right? They go about life in the world in the way where they're constantly exploring and looking and saying, ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, I like this. And again, that kind of goes back to the idea of being so action-oriented and pushing that energy into a lot of different places and being very interested in a lot of things. Um, and this is what, you know, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I feel like Aries make can be so great in so many different fields and in knowing lots of different things because of that natural childlike curiosity that they have constantly being able to explore constantly being able to share ideas and learn new things it is just a matter of being able to be strategic and smart about the way that they do that right but here it is a skipping over the step of gathering um and pushing the energy into one place and it ultimately being kind of scattered in a lot of different places and kind of maybe even possibly remaining in a kind of mercurial sense. So the IC, or um, as Alice Barkley Cat would refer to it as, the inner child. Um, so as we, you know, anyone who knows an Aries knows that they are, we are complete mush on the inside. They are so fucking sensitive Uh, you know and there is a tendency we look at the you know the cancer on the fourth house there is this tendency to have a shell um or around the emotion around the heart because there is such a sensitivity um and there is a, such a protective element that they have over their family and more importantly, their emotions and themselves, right? These are all of the things that help to define and make sense of the identity and the self-awareness that an Aries has of themselves. That being said, it is something that they feel the need to protect, right? Moving on to the fifth house, we see that there is the way that the Aries expresses themselves can be a little bit boisterous. This kind of goes back to that really, again, stereotypical thing of them just being very loud and out there, right? There is a very, I'm here, I'm in charge kind of element to the way that that Aries expresses itself. And it can kind of often make, again, them seem a bit selfish and a bit self-obsessed and a bit self-centered in the way that they express themselves. Again, it coming from a place, and we're talking about being developed, that is the, the space in which I'm kind of talking about this from, and being a developed Aries, where you're able to have the um, ability and the the desire to not use your independence or the way that you um, define your individuality be a way to kind of mull or roll roll over people or take the spotlight, um, but in a way where you can say, hey, I'm being me and I'm being genuine and authentic and true to myself. And it being something that people are like, wow, that's really inspiring. Instead of it being, wow, this person is taking up way too much space, right? Which is what the, the tendency can kind of be sometimes. Coming back to another blind spot, the sixth house, um, is the kind of go, go, go nature, not allowing there to be space for one to, um, what's it called? 
uh, I don't know how to describe this. I'm also distracted watching people drive out of this parking lot. Um, I'm trying to get the tint removed off of my windows right now, but I've been, I'm waiting for my appointment. So I'm like, let me just record this fucking episode. Um, there is a tendency to skip over the details or not see that there is a need to slow down and really pay attention. Um, lots of things that can be done can kind of be rushed or lots of parts of it are overlooked or there is an overlooking of the detail or the, you know, things that are needed to get something done efficiently or for something to be done, period, right? So this manifests in all areas of life in terms of the way that Aries can sometimes take care of their friends where it's like, oh, I'm trying to be nice to you and do this. And it's like, okay, I understand that you are trying to do this thing, but what you're doing is very you-centered and you're not thinking about all of the small details and nuances and things that would make this a much more presentable or much desirable way to take care of somebody, right? Or to take care of yourself. Um, And so with this tendency, there is, because of the inability to look at the small details of not only just, you know, relationships, but also of, you know, it was so funny. I had posted on Valentine's Day, it was this like meme, um, this picture, it was like, pours Gatorade on Bay after sex. And it's like, good game, bro, right? It's the, ha ha ha, this was so great. Wasn't that so awesome? And it's like, did you even pay attention to me or this at all when you were thinking about doing this, right? It's, it's It's a weak spot, right? And so with that, needing to understand that there are, again nuances and structures um, that you need to take care of. The Aries tendency is to go, 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 and how that can manifest physically is an inability to take care of oneself, right? Not paying attention to what you're eating, not taking the time to recharge and refuel yourself and give your body the care that it needs. And so finding that you burn out or you're really tired because you've been just using energy like you're a fucking, you know, just full of all of this disposable energy that just, you know, constantly recharges. And that's just not the way it is, right? Aries is a, it is, you know, cardinal fire. It is a torch. It is a match. It is not the sun. It does not have an unlimited power source, right? So it has to be relit. It has to be reignited. And this is something that Aries has to to learn and understand about themselves. Seventh house on the cusp we have Libra the opposite sign and so there is a need to understand to be a little bit more diplomatic um, in the way that you work with people um, there the usually you know the the tendency is to have the partner that is diplomatic and, and harmonious the Aries nature of course is to fight 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 it's just a warrior right um, and it's like okay well not everything can be won by you fighting somebody but also on the other side which I, which I see with lots of Aries and also with myself as well is that there also is a tendency to maybe be too diplomatic right or too for other people to the point where you compromise um your ability to be yourself and show up for yourself, right? By being like, well, you know, it's okay that this person does X, Y, Z because I I can still do this. And it's like, okay, but you in a way are compromising your individuality and your actual identity um, because you are allowing people to do this, right? Going to another blind spot, the eighth house. 
Um, and so again, moving back to the idea of the Aries being very sensitive and there being such a place of, you know, strong, passionate drive, um, this eighth house is the other Mars house, right? So where does that drive come from? And it lots of times has something to do with the way that you, um, that the Aries is or the way that they try to identify and try to understand about themselves, a kind of hiding of in the journey of self-awareness, there is a hiding of the things that make you feel weak of the things that take that you feel take away power from you. And because of that, this is kind of one of the things that makes self-awareness so difficult. So we can again mention, you know, the blind spots are what make it difficult for the Aries to integrate self-awareness in a selfless way, right? And then you can't be selfless and you can't take on a different perspective and way of moving about life if you don't understand or if you don't see yourself, right? And this is a place in the chart where the self is hidden, where some of the the wounds, repressions, and traumatic experiences are hidden, right? And so there is this intensity and kind of hidden um, boxed away nature, um, within every single Aries. And there is, uh, and you know, lots of times it will come out anyway and they, they don't think that it will, but you'll be talking to an Aries and it's like, wow, you know, how aggressive and, uh, (laughs) um, uh, how you mow over this area of this conversation shows to me that this is something that hurts you. I think this is something that's been really easy for me to notice when talking to other Aries. And it's made me think, Hmm, where am I hiding from myself or what parts of me am I hiding from myself right and so this being a space in which you know the way that the drive is expressed is because oh crap hold on one second um This is so sketchy. I hope I'm still alive after this. If I post the podcast episode, I'm still alive, you guys. Um, what What was I saying? Yeah. And so there is just kind of a, a hiding of the self. And so um, it is necessary to look at and work through some of these areas of life for the Aries to be able to see an improvement in the way that it is able to display and outwardly show its drive and motivation right i'm drinking water Mm, 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 mm. um the ninth house so the way that one would like to expand and grow and show oneself to the world and is very kind of sure about the things that it believes because the beliefs are again intrinsically a part of the identity and the drive and the passion and motivations of the sign right so this is why Aries can be extremely hard-headed and maybe even at times dogmatic about their belief systems because they are so personal. And I think this is, you know, being that Aries is kind of like the default setting for everybody, right? 
in terms of like the way that we look at the charts and interpret each season, um, Aries being the the first season, (laughs) um, you know, there is such a personal and passionate attachment to beliefs, to philosophies, um, that will be defended and ultimately used as the way that they wish to see the world grow, um, and the way that they hope to grow with other people. Um, the 10th house, Capricorn. So the marketing (laughs) of the Aries is that of the successful, the boss, the I'm in charge, I'm a bad bitch, you know, again, this is the, the projected image of self, right? This is the, again, like I said, the marketing campaign. Um, of course, on the other side of that is someone who's extremely, you know, um, extremely, extremely sensitive but gives the impression that they are very kind of tough and have it together and I'm successful and I just and I work and I you know um but ultimately what is the goal the goal is to be extremely successful to be an authority in whatever it is that they do and be able to step into that leadership role not just because you have a crown and you can wear it because it's something that you've earned and that you've worked for right um and so from that we can see in the developing of an area there is a kind of by any means necessary kind of attitude in which they are able to kind of work and work and work to make that thing um, that they want and that they desire. The 11th house. So there is a, you know, these two houses together make me think of, um, I know in one of the, maybe in like 2016, maybe, or like early 2017, one of um, Amber Khan's uh, Aries videos, she was gave the story of the the North Star, um, Polaris, um, and how it was a, um, what's it called? A, um, how there was a ram named Polaris who wished to be, damn, I need to hurry up, um, wished to get to the top of this mountain. He had climbed every single mountain and there was one more mountain to climb and he's climbing it and he's climbing it and you know as he's going getting further and further up the mountain he has to go into this dark cave and as he goes into the cave he finds that the space is becoming tighter and tighter around him and he kind of gets scared because he can't go back because as he's kind of went up the mountain the rocks that he's kind of pushed beneath his feet have blocked the the exit right Woo! when I heard this story my blood pressure I was so yo I I felt claustrophobic when I heard this shit I feel claustrophobic right the fuck now it's like oh shit he can't breathe anyway and so like he's climbing and climbing and climbing and he comes to the realization like I'm going to die at the top of this mountain like once I get to the top like I won't be able to go back you know like I make it here and I again like I'm going to be at the top of this mountain I've reached my goal but I'm here by myself and it's basically the end for me right and so in making it to to the top of the mountain um I don't remember the, the, the exact nuances of the end of the story, but he then becomes the, um, he becomes the North Star. As he dies, he becomes the North Star, right? So now 
everyone can look up to him. Everyone uses him as kind of a guidepost to get to that place that they like to, right? This is very much so the the star card, right? When you, you know, um, and it's also very much so the, 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 um, the 11th house where it's like, you know, you have the dream, you have that idea of what success looks like in your mind, you reach that goal, you reach that pinnacle, but there is so much beyond that, right? You don't have to stop there. There are hopes and dreams beyond that. And so there is even though they have a a relatively difficult way of showing it, there is a very kind of humanitarian side and nature to the Aries. Of course, once they get past the I want to be successful. I want to do this. I want to that kind of bullshit. It, you know, that, I mean, I'm not going to say that's bullshit. You, you do you. Um, but once they kind of get past that idea and it's like, wow, now that I've done this and I know I can do this myself, here's what I can do with what I've done for other people. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> for some reason, this makes me think of, you know, Lady Gaga, Aries, gave that really just kind of like annoying speech a thousand times where she's like there can be a thousand people a hundred people in a room and maybe and 99 don't believe in you but it's that one that matter I don't, something about that makes me think of this I don't know why anyway and so the last part um of the the Aries nature there is such a desire to be such an individual because so much of what the Aries is and how the Aries is defined is based on everyone else, right? And that's why there can be this kind of extreme desire to be like, well, no, I'm different and I do this. And it's like, okay, but like, you're also kind of like us. And it's like, no, no, I'm not. And I'm going to show you how I'm not, right? Um, The Dane Rudier in his book um, refers to the Pisces, Y'all, I don't know where that episode cut off, but I basically, (laughs) someone gave me a call to tell me a plant was available. So on brand. Anyway, I'm sorry if this is, doesn't really make sense or align with what I was just saying when I got cut off, but who gives a fuck? Um, there is, you know, Dane Rudar refers to this phase as collectivization. So the moment in which you know, all of the things and all of the parts come together, right? And through Aries, through the first three signs, actually, there is a defining of the self and there is the ability to discern that is of them and this is of me. Um, But also knowing that this is of me and this is what is important. And I think also what makes Aries you know, there is kind of, again, a softness and there is, you know, the, the, um, subconscious self is very sweet, is very giving, is very, um, you know, uh, kind of elusive and kind of humanitarian, a little bit like, Ooh, everyone, I love everyone. And I love, you know, if, if you see, you know, if you, again, know an Aries and know the tenderness that they have um, for people that they love. But again, lots of times there is an aversion to that because 
it displays sensitivity because it displays vulnerability um, and it can make the Aries feel like, ah, if I'm acting like this, people will feel sorry for me. People will think that I am a victim. I'm not a fucking victim. I'll bite your fucking head off. And it's like, bro, you don't have to do any of those things. Like you being vulnerable does not make you weak. It does not make you anything. Right. And so that is the thing <laughs> that Aries have to learn. But also, you know, the fear of being so vulnerable is what allows Aries to be taken advantage of right if we're just being completely honest because they're like oh I'm have a wall up I you can't fucking see me you can't this you can't that and it's like actually I can see you very clearly I can see that you feel the need to defend yourself and to be vulnerable and to attack and to fight things that you take personally Um, and because of that I can take advantage of you because I know how to fuck with you I know how to fucking play with you right And so um, that is kind of the game that an Aries plays with themselves, but also plays with other people as well. I hope that was a good kind of comprehensive summary of the Aries nature. I'm so excited to continue to do these episodes. The next one will come out when Venus is in Taurus. And then we'll have the Gemini one when, well... Mercury is in Gemini and then when the moon is in Cancer so those two might be in the same or I might do it during eclipse season so maybe the Cancer new moon this is exciting um so you you guys catch the drift when we get to the outer planets though of course I'm gonna just do them because we know how outer anyway you, you you you're picking up what I'm putting down anyway I hope this was informative um the episode is over but it's also not over please listen for the last thing that I'm gonna say because it is incredibly important and I think you're gonna like it okay thanks for listening hey guys so before I um sign off uh for the podcast there was something I did want to say right I know I say you know follow me on social media do this thing leave a review and you know when it comes to marketing um and while that's not what this is about it is honestly an aspect of this um I've kind of fell short right I haven't told you why um why it is valuable um to follow me um, on social media. <laughs> Maybe because for a while I, I didn't see why it was valuable, right? But I definitely see the value there. Um, I definitely would say it adds a different layer and perspective to the content, right? Um, when there is a transit happening, um, there is, it's usually one that is affecting lots of people. And I take the time to talk about that, um, especially on my IG stories. Um, since the beginning of the year, we've been doing monthly readings, um, that really, for a lot of people have been really helpful to be able to put in perspective what's going on and what kind of steps to take, um, moving forward for the rest of the new year. Um, and those are just a couple of the things I definitely look, um, would like to in the new year offer a lot more insight, um, and perspective. Um, through my social media and you're able to gain that by following me right Um, in addition to that it also adds to the more interactive parts of the podcast Um, as you guys heard during this episode I 
the phrases that I picked, the the I am and the, the other things, it came from questions that I asked on my IG story that people were able to participate in and give their feedback and their, you know, say of how they feel about that particular thing and be able to be a part of the making of this episode and really bring the content to life and add multiple perspectives and layers to that, which I think is really beautiful. And again, that goes back to that community piece. Um, I look forward to, in the new year, being able to transform and grow the way that the community aspect of things work um, for this podcast. And so that is really exciting, and I would love you to be a part of that. Um, So you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at YouWomanYou, Y-O-U-W-O-M-A-N-Y-O-U. Yeah, that's how you spell that. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Uh, another thing so for people who leave a review um, if you leave a review with your and you show it being typed up and published take a screenshot of it make sure that you use your name in the review your actual name Um, if you send that to me you will be able to get ten dollars off of any reading yes you will get ten dollars off of any reading for leaving a review why is it important to leave a review well It's important to leave a review because that changes the rating of this podcast and it makes it a little more visible and it allows us to really kind of build the community piece of the podcast. Um, And that's kind of all I wanted to say. No, it's not. Um, Again, Astrology Meetup, February 23rd in Washington, D.C. If you're down, if you're interested, just DM me, let me know. The group is kind of growing and it's awesome. The different perspectives that are going to be there. I'm so excited. Um, In addition to that, I will be in New York from the 16th to the 20th. So if you want to link up and get tea and talk astrology or if you want an in-person reading and you live in New York, I would totally be down to give I believe I'll be staying in Brooklyn so like not that that really matters um where exactly I'm staying but you know if you are interested just hit me up I'm a friendly person it's so funny someone had messaged me and they're like wow I'm surprised you responded I'm like bro like of course I would respond like I'm human you're human I love talking to people maybe you don't but I do you know um and it's cool to just connect with people that's literally all that this is about is being able to connect with people it's just such an important thing at this time for all of us to collectively be connecting consciously and intentionally with each other and that's just so exciting to be able to do that in this year so again if you want a reading um, or a, a reading or, you know, feel free to hit me up. Um, thank you so much for listening again for another week to me ramble about astrology. I really love and appreciate every last one of you. I mean that and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I truly do. Um, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening.